Hey, y'all. Real quick before I hit play on this episode of Familypreneur for you, I want to be sure that you know that I have a brand new podcast available for you to check out. It's called Just Marketing, and you can find it on this podcast platform. Go ahead and search for Just Marketing and hit subscribe so you don't miss anything. Then come back here and listen to this episode of Familypreneur. It'll still be here waiting for you. Welcome to Familypreneur, the podcast for parent entrepreneurs raising kidpreneurs. It's time for your weekly dose of inspiration and actionable tips to build your business and find better balance, all while strengthening your family. And now we'd like to introduce your host. She's my mom and the bomb.com, Meg Brunson. Hey there, welcome to episode number 96 of the Familypreneur podcast. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. I want to welcome all the new listeners and also acknowledge and thank all of the returning listeners. If you're not already subscribed to the Familypreneur podcast, go ahead and hit the subscribe button in your app so that you don't miss another episode. Today is a Marketing Monday and we are focused on audiences this month. So there are two major categories of audiences that I refer to a lot. One is cold audiences, and the other is warm audiences. And I just want to quickly give a definition to what that means, just in case it's a new term for you. So cold audiences, simply put, are people who don't know you. And warm audiences, also simply put, are people who do. So a warm audience even could, there could be a range, right? It's not just like, do you know this person? Yes or no. It then becomes how well do you know them? So some people do refer to warm audiences or hot audiences. And those hot audiences are more likely to convert because they're like super engaged with you. So that's what the cold and warm means. Cold audiences can also be referred to as prospecting audiences because you're looking for new people. Whereas warm audiences, sometimes I call retargeting or remarketing audiences, because those are people that you've already gotten in front of in some way, and now you want to get in front of them again, because you know that it often takes multiple times to be in front of somebody before they decide to convert and become a client or a customer. So those are the two major types of audiences. Now, today, I want to start by talking about prospecting audiences, so those cold prospecting audiences. And when it comes to cold audiences on Facebook, there are actually two very different approaches. One approach is to leverage Facebook's core audience targeting, which is what we're going to talk about today. The other approach is to leverage the warm audiences that you already have in order to find more people who are like those people. Now, we're going to be talking about warm audiences and that lookalike targeting over the next two weeks. Today, we're going to focus on Facebook's core audience targeting. So when you're building a Facebook ad and you get into the ad set level, that's the second major step where you're going to identify your targeting, your budgets, your placements, and there's a couple other options on that page. Again, we're just going to focus on targeting today. Like most Mondays, I will have a video that I will be uploading to YouTube and I will be sharing in the show notes. So if you want to check out that video, 
Either now or after listening to this episode, you can head over to megbrunson.com slash 96, and I will repeat that at the end of the show, but it's megbrunson.com slash 96. That's where you'll be able to find the YouTube video and the show notes. Now, when you get into the audiences category, the first box that you're going to see is custom audiences, but we're going to skip over that one because that's what we're going to talk about next week. So we're going to dive right into the initial demographic options that Facebook asks us to select. The locations, the age, the gender, and the languages. I'm going to touch on these really quick because what I really want to do is get down to the detailed targeting box. So for locations, you're going to notice that there is a drop down and you can change the category of people that you want to target. So you can target everybody who is currently in a specific location. You can target people who live in a specific location, people recently in a specific location, or people traveling in that location. There are these little eye icons that you can hover over if you want to understand a little bit more about what those mean. But typically, it's easy to figure out. Quick rundown of locations. Then you're going to target your age range. There's a minimum, there's a maximum, and you can target your ages. Now, I often recommend when it comes to age that you consider giving a little wiggle room. So if your ideal audience member is between the ages of 25 and 35, maybe try expanding it out to 20 to 40, just to allow some of those outliers the opportunity to see your ad in case they are really interested. You'll target your genders. And with languages, you're only going to need to target a language if you're targeting a minority language. So if you're in the United States of America and you want to target English-speaking people, you don't have to put a language there. Facebook knows. If you are in Spain and you want to target English-speaking people, then you do need to put a language there because Facebook is going to assume that an article targeting Spain is going to be in Spanish because that's their national language. Now my favorite part, detailed targeting. Facebook has so many options for the things that you can target. I always recommend that my clients and anybody I work with starts by clicking on the browse button, all right, just to go through and see how many things there are to choose from, how intricate you can get your targeting. I also want to talk about the categories within the detailed targeting section. So when you click on browse, you're going to notice that the categories are all divided into either demographics, interests, or behaviors. So demographics are basically traits or qualities that people have. Most of these are things that they have actually told Facebook, right? So you can target parents of of kids in specific age ranges And that's easy for Facebook to do because people write on Facebook when they've had children, like they enter that as a life event. Facebook can also identify um, likely demographics based on your other activities online. So demographics, I really enjoy using because I feel like it's easy to pinpoint those qualities. Now, interests. Interests are not my favorite, right? Because the way that Facebook determines interests is based on how a person is interacting with content online. Now, I'm going to get political for a minute, but not really. Okay, we're not really going to get political. Don't worry. But when I say the name Donald Trump, you likely have one of two reactions. 
you either love him or you don't, right? Like there's no middle ground. It's it's an, one extreme or the other. Now, if we target an interest in Donald Trump, we're going to have the same issue. Half of the people in our audience are going to be interested in his success, and the other half of that audience is going to be interested in his failure. We have to be really careful when we're using interest-based targeting, especially if we're targeting content that might be controversial. And sometimes the things that are controversial are not what we would expect, right? Like there's so many things that people just stir up controversy around. Finally, behaviors. So these are things that Facebook is able to identify based on your activities or the things that you're telling Facebook that you do. One of my favorite things that you can do with targeting behaviors is you can target engaged shoppers on Facebook. So if you're an e-commerce platform, you can target people who have clicked on the shop now button within the past week, which just indicates that they have some, you know, willingness to click on that button that says shop now. They're not opposed to online shopping. So I prefer to stay in the demographics and behaviors categories as much as possible. But sometimes tapping into interests is unavoidable too. So I just wanted to break down kind of the difference between those things and especially with a focus on why interests are unique and why you should use that with caution. Now, the other thing I want to mention in this detailed targeting box is a misconception that I hear and I see all the time. People tend to believe that you can target other people's pages or other people's groups. And I want to set the record straight there. You, first of all, you cannot target groups. So if there is a group on Facebook that you know is full of your people, that is great. But it is unfortunate because you cannot target them in a Facebook ad. Okay, that's currently not an option. I would love for it to be an option one day, but I don't have that magic, you know, crystal ball. So I'm not sure if that'll ever happen. But right now, you cannot target groups. When it comes to pages, you cannot target another page's fans. You can't do it. Facebook recognizes that your fans are kind of your property, right? Like you've worked to get those people to like your page. You might have even paid money to run ads to get people to like your page. And Facebook is not going to allow other people to just siphon your fans. And they're not going to allow you to do it to other people either. So you may be saying, but I follow a page and when I put them in the search bar, I found that page. I get it. It happens. The example that I use is Smart Passive Income with Pat Flynn. So if you listen to this podcast, you probably know that I really appreciate Pat Flynn and all that he does for the entrepreneurial world. He was on episode number 33 of this podcast. If you're unfamiliar with Pat, definitely go give that episode a listen because it's amazing. But anyhow, he has a Facebook page and he is also a targetable option. But if you go and you look at the number of his Facebook page fans and you go and you look at the number of people in his targetable audience segment, you will notice that they are not the same because you are not actually targeting his fans. What you are targeting is what Facebook is determined is an audience of people who are interested in Pat Flynn or 
other audiences related to Pat Flynn. So they've taken that page and the algorithms have determined what type of people might be interested in that page, right? And then they're looking at 28 days worth of algorithmic data to determine what type of people are interacting with Pat's page or other similar pages. It's a slight distinction that I just want to point out. So if I like the page Target today, then I'm going to be in the targetable target audience, right? So when you go type in interests and you type in Target, I will be one of those people because I liked the page today. Now let's just assume 29 days have gone by and I have not interacted with the page. I've not gone to Target's website. I haven't even gone to a Target store. I have done absolutely nothing with Target since liking that page 29 days ago. That means as of today, I am out of that targetable audience category. So finally, what I want to talk about in this section, and this is the piece that I'm really going to ensure that is clear on the video because I think it's going to be difficult to explain audibly, but um, when we're targeting in the detailed targeting section, you have to remember that every targetable segment that you put in that box is an or statement. So if you put in um, target and parents, let's just say you want to target parents and people interested in target. So you put them both in a box. Facebook is going to find you people who are parents or they're interested in target. So you're going to get one or the other. And oftentimes this isn't what we want. So what I encourage people to do is brainstorm. Who is your ideal audience? And maybe you already know this. Maybe it's already, you know, stuck in your brain. And that's great too. Come up with like the big overarching umbrella categories, like two or three things. So the example I always use is my audience for this podcast. So my audience for this podcast, let's see if you fit. Number one, they're parents. Number two, they're entrepreneurial. And number three, they listen to podcasts. So you'll notice those are big, big categories, right? So then what I do is in the box, I put parents. And then I may add some additional targeting segments that will help ensure that I'm targeting all of the parents. So I get all the parents I can into one box, right? Then underneath the box, there is a small link that says narrow further. I'm going to click that narrow further link and it's going to populate a brand new box. So above that, it's going to say, and must also match at least one of the following. Now in this box, I enter all of my entrepreneurship targeting segments. Now when I'm done with this step, I've set up two filters so that my audience, they have to be parents based on this, you know, abundance of, of parenting targeting I've put in here. Secondly, they are likely entrepreneurs based on the targeting segments I put in there. And then I'm going to narrow further and I'm going to target an interest in podcasts because I want to make sure that they are interested in listening to podcasts. Now, when I've got these three boxes with the different targeting segments set up strategically, I can be more confident that my audience 
If we look back up to the demographic information, they're all going to be in my specified location within my specified age range, my specified gender if I have if I have one, the languages, and then they've got to go through these filters. So in my example, they're parent entrepreneurs who listen to podcasts. Right underneath that detailed targeting section, there is a little checkbox and it asks you if you want to expand your interests when it may increase link clicks at a lower cost per link click. I'm going to tell you that at this point, I never recommend that. The reason I don't recommend that is because if that box is checked, you're going to lose insight into what audience segments worked. I would rather have you test out different audience segments so that when you find something that works, you know why it worked. So uncheck that box and then you are good to go. If you want to exclude people who like your page, you can do that from the connections box. And next week, we are going to talk about warm audiences, including excluding your warm audiences from your cold prospecting audiences so that we're not showing these ads to people who've already done what you want them to do. That'll save you money and it'll help improve the results for your ads. If you have any questions, head over to the Familypreneur community at familypreneurcommunity.com. And of course, you'll find the links, the show notes, and the videos I talked about at megbrenson.com slash 96. Have a great week. We'll see you back here Wednesday and Friday. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Do us a favor. Share this podcast to a friend. It's like my mom always says, sharing is caring.